Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel. And if you listened to last week's episode, you know our featured conversation today is the second part of a discussion with longtime produce retail executive Scott Schutte on creating excitement in the department. So last week, we discussed a variety of ways to do this, from bringing in new items to spending the corporate produce budget differently. This week, we're really focusing on how you can create excitement by investing smartly in your people. From training and development to finding ways to address frequent employee concerns, like they'd like a more reliable schedule or they might have a hard time finding childcare. So with that introduction, we will take you over to the second part of my conversation with Scott Schutte. Hope you enjoy. Scott, you had mentioned also another kind of kind of bucket along the lines of excitement in the produce department. Um, just things that are a little out of the box that maybe folks aren't doing yet might sound a little nutty, but could be, I mean, you have to be a little nutty to actually have excitement somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, you do. And I'll, I'll start out with a couple basics. I know that um, I myself talked about reprioritizing um, equipment and remodels and new store type stuff a little bit lower on the list. And so maybe there are a lot of listeners saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How are we going to get some excitement into our store if we've got that same old display and we've got that same old fixture that we've been, you know, kind of trying to work with for the last five years or 10 years or whatever it might be? What can we do? Um, my answer to that is you can do what a lot of retailers are doing right now. And let's go back to um, some old school merchandising. And I can't tell you how many different pictures I've seen in social media or via LinkedIn or wherever it might be of produce merchandising being done on the top of cardboard produce boxes that the product comes in. So beautiful logos on the front of Apple boxes. I've seen a ton of great citrus photos lately that are all displayed on top of the citrus boxes that the product was shipped in. You know, that's all something that doesn't cost the company any money. Those boxes are free. That's what the product comes shipped in. But go back to some of those old school methodologies of merchandising and incorporate those fun and colorful sumo boxes in your citrus display and, you know, be able to build that massive citrus display and do it without having to break the bank and buy new tables or equipment or fixtures to display that product on. So where there's a will, there's a way. I still think there's capability of merchandising without having the need of uh, thousands of dollars to buy that new equipment or the new tables. So that was one of my first, but um, I started dreaming big, you know, when, when we talked about this conversation, I started dreaming big about as a leader, what could I do to inject a little bit of fun and excitement into the department? And, you know, it didn't have to involve around the exciting new items that I brought in. It might not even be about some exciting new merchandising techs and techniques that were out there that maybe became popular in this last year. But what about thinking outside of the box and thinking about things like, um, let's say, the work schedule? And what could we do for work schedules that would make an exciting work week for that individual? Now, in my days, a work schedule for a produce clerk or sometimes a produce manager was never consistent. There was never any predictability on a work schedule. I mean, you worked around the needs of a business, which needs to happen, um, but we never really had anything that was steady and dependable all the time. So what about stepping out of the box and coming up with a, a work schedule for a clerk that is predictable? 
And, you know, he or she could actually have that, you know, commitment to a schedule that would be the same week in and week out that they'd be able to plan, you know, multiple things outside of work and be able to do that accordingly. Um, little things like, you know, involving the work schedule into maybe a compressed work week. What would that be? You know, question mark Would you know, a four 10 hour shifts work for the company and would they work for that particular individual and be more beneficial? Is that adding some excitement to their life and creating a little bit more work-life balance maybe in some situations? But little things like that came to mind when something as simple as a schedule is really looked at and how we could maybe inject some fun and excitement into a schedule. Um, I know I've spoke about this before, but I'm fascinated by the retailers that are doing it right now, daily paychecks and paying a member every single day that they work. If I went into work today and I, I punched in for eight hours and 10 minutes, you know, I'd leave work and I'd have eight hours and 10 minutes, you know, automatically put into my, my bank account or onto my debit card or whatever it might be. Um, I'm fascinated by that technique. And I think it makes sense because there you know, are other trades within the world that uh, are paid the same way, you know, that when they finish a business or finish a job duty and complete it for the day, they're actually paid for the work that was uh, that was done. So that's a big possibility and, a, and kind of a big, big dream. Um, taking a good look at employee discounts and what a retailer might be able to do to help make some of those employee discounts uh, either exist because maybe they don't exist at all, or if they do, making them more lucrative for the team member. Maybe that there's something they can do from a, a percentage value of, uh, you know, instead of the 5% discount, uh, there would be an obvious increase in the percent of discount for an employee, or maybe there's a discount on certain categories, you know, for them to be able to eat lunch within their own store and buy lunch up at the deli or a pizza and the pizzeria that's within the store, whatever it might be, the opportunity for them to have a, a discounted price on, you know, buying meals within the store might be incentive enough or a new idea that uh, as a team leader would inject some excitement into the organization a little bit. Um, in today's day and age, we're all about staying healthy and making sure we keep healthy. And I thought maybe one of the great ways of, of doing that and making team members um, aware of their health and committed to their health would be offering them gym memberships or even a discounted rate of a, of a gym membership to make it easier for them to either before work or after work, be able to partner up with a gym that's close by and not only mentally get themselves healthy, but also physically be able to build their health and make sure that uh, that's part of their stamina for each and every day of them coming to work, just being physically fit and ready to go for work. But again, another out of the box, crazy idea, but you know, things we have to think of in today's day and age, because it's just not as simple as what we've been used to for the last many years. And last but not least on my, my dream big list uh, is a very important one to a lot of folks right now. And it, it has become, unfortunately, kind of a primary reason of why we can't keep team members staffed and sometimes why we can't keep team members happy while they're at work. And that's providing them with some child care and some child care alternatives. And that seems to be a big roadblock in today's day and age that um, there is more need for that. 
Um, and in order to build that labor force and the team that we need, you know, let's seriously consider or think about how we could help the team members out with childcare. Um, I've seen some organizations take it to the level of childcare within the store, and they actually have nurseries and childcare facilities inside the store. And I've seen other organizations that have partnered up with nearby childcare facilities that uh, have offered a discount and have helped work around the team members' crazy schedule at retail level also in order to help provide them some childcare. But moral of that story, Ashley, is I think there's all kinds of fun and exciting things that we could do that are different from the norm, you know, different from bringing in that shiny new berry case, you know, every year on our capital expense budget or whatever <laughs> it might be that um, will help inject a little bit more fun and excitement into the department. And we just have to continue thinking deeper and uh, taking a closer look at what uh, the team members are really looking for. Well, I think that's, I think that makes so much sense on a number of levels because, because one, of course, with the pandemic the last several years, it's opened up so many opportunities in terms of remote work that there's a lot of options out there where you don't necessarily have to have the crazy schedule. You can have some flexibility through a lot of the positions that are just way more widely available now than they ever were before. So you're competing with this whole new segment that didn't exist in the same way until a year or two ago. So there's that part of it. And then, like you said, trying to make it where your employees are just feel taken care of and take some of those, those pressure points off their plate. Um, if you have a more relaxed, um, more, you know, just, just, you know, basic needs addressed in, in different areas or, or things that you can help support that makes that person better at work. That makes them, you know, better as they engage with the shoppers on the sales floor. That makes them a better teammate as they work with their colleagues. I mean, you know, and that, and well, and the thing is too, you know, again, there's lots of competition. So going above and beyond to differentiate, I don't know that it's an option really at this point. Right. And then we've also got the whole thing of, like the perception of working in a grocery store, right? It's not perceived as particularly glamorous or exciting. And we know that it can be, but nobody else knows. So how do we start to tell that story? You know, do you do, you do you know, as a retailer, um, and I've seen actually one of the, the local folks here, Hy-Vee, um, and the, their local TV commercials, right? They've started advertising on um, hiring people. And so they have the faces of all these different employees and, you know, we think our employees are perfect, you know, come find your perfect job with us, you know, that sort of thing. But, you know, maybe it's that on, on your LinkedIn account, if you're a grocer, you start profiling your different people, right? And you do like a Q&A style where they can actually talk and it's not like they're reading off of something, right? Just sure. even things like that to show growth opportunity, because that's just not visible for the average person, I don't think. So there's... Yeah. Like you said, there's you're, so you're much absolutely room. correct. Yep, absolutely correct. And and what's also not visible is how many different directions you can end up going when you get in at ground level in a retail grocery business. Um, there are so many different directions that you can end up. You know, from being able to stay within the retail store and become a store director in charge of all four walls at the store, to going into the the part of human resources or the part of IT technology that's involved into the store, 
um, going above and beyond the store and the organization and getting into the supply chain aspect of retail grocery and becoming a supplier or a buyer or somebody in procurement. Um, the list just goes on and on and on, but you are absolutely right. You nailed it. I don't think enough folks at ground level that um, would consider or are considering getting in and becoming, for example, a produce clerk, really understand the avenues that are available to them once they get in and how high they could climb on the ladder and what they could ultimately end up being within this industry that just is so big and vast and has many different opportunities and many different directions that you could go from a career path. So definitely lots of opportunity, but um, opportunity for retailers to be able to expose that ladder and uh, show people how easy it is to be involved in this industry and how much fun it might be. And especially with all the stuff we talked about today, making their job easier, making it more fun to come to work and um, giving them the tools and the resources that they need to succeed with. The worst thing that you could ever do is throw somebody a name badge and an apron and send them to work. Uh, you provide them with some training and development. You provide them with some technology and they are set for life. They are on the career path to succeed and to be able to move wherever they desire to move because you've given them everything that's that's possibly needed. Yeah. Well, I, I always like to say, and, and this was something that that I, I really enjoyed in my early years with the industry was just seeing uh, so many different parts of the supply chain, so many different jobs. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day because, again, Hyvie, I was doing an online order on the on the app and they had an ad for so they have like a, an in-store magazine that comes mm -hmm. out every month and they were advertising that they have a new digital version of this magazine. And it's like, oh, huh, well, I'm, you know, we'll, we'll see what they're doing with this. So colorful, moving graphics, like all this great information. And it just kept going again, like beautiful recipe photos so colorful. It just, it was really engaging. Like it was marketing content that did not feel like marketing or ads. And that's when you have like hit the nail on the head. Right. So like that whole, that whole area, right. Is largely unexplored creating digital content that is really engaging and like appeals to your folks who are on TikTok and Instagram and all these Absolutely. things where, you know, it's just very different than how retail has marketed in in previous generations there's so much room for for growth and for for all kinds of different you know degrees and experience and and all Absolutely. those kind of different things that's another great roadmap that you just described right there coming in at ground level as a, a floral clerk for example in in the floral department at a retail store and being able to move in an upward direction into the marketing department of that company and to be able to actually utilize all the tools and resources that you just spoke of to attract customers or tantalize customers into coming in and buying those floral items and all the other items that uh, are inside the four walls of the grocery store. Another great roadmap of getting into the marketing part of the business, you know, and what that might be able to do for you as a career advancement or uh, a ladder to be able to climb within, you know, your time in the retail grocery. Another great direction. Yeah. Well, and I saw, I think it was on LinkedIn actually the other day was um, Jewel Osco had advertised like a, an internship program, right? Where you come in as a college student and you get to go through all the different areas of the operation and see kind of a bunch of the different 
job opportunities. And I thought, man, if everybody doesn't have one of those already, that just makes all the sense in the world, right? Like, how, why would you not Absolutely. hire someone today to put that together? You know, Absolutely. what a great concept. And in addition to that, I believe they also have uh, scholarship programs available within uh, Jewel Osco or the Albertsons organization too, that they offer to active team members that are working for the company. So oh, tuition awesome. reimbursement, uh, you know, for books and all kinds of great stuff when you're going to school and college that, um, again, you're building the history of your company, the future of your company, uh, by being able to educate ambitious students that happen to actually work for you. And what a great idea and concept that is. So applaud those folks. Yeah, I well, and and for sure, because because I, I don't know, I don't know how places have approached this traditionally, but to me, it's like anybody you have that shows an inkling of ambition and wanting to learn more. Um, you know, if, if somebody is, is in the produce department and they're asking about, oh, well, so, so you buy this from individual suppliers, like there's a contract for each one of these things, <laughs> like, you know, how, how do you do that? Like what goes into that? Buy them some books on negotiation or, you know, give them some time to, to talk to the produce buyer, you know, like just, there's so many different, you know, ways that you can engage folks that, aren't even that expensive and structured. And I do think, you know, investment and structure are also good, but it's like, man, maybe even, and I know it's hard to hire people for the positions that are already there, but even having people whose job it is to go out of their way to encourage people, you know, Hey, you've been here for six months now. What, what are you thinking? You know, how, how are you liking it? What are your favorite parts? What are you thinking about what's next? Can I, can I tell you about some of the different options maybe that could be a fit, you know, like, and I don't know if there's someone who like that's specifically their job, because I know with so many jobs, we end up with this sprawling, you know, bullet sure. point list of 20 things that are our responsibilities, um, you know, not not an exhaustive list. Right. Yeah. But like but um, it's such an important area. That whole conversation, though, it really circles back to what we originally started to uh, to talk about on this podcast. And that was um, changing our mentality for what we invest in and how we invest in most of all the people and being able to provide them with technology and provide them with training and development. Um, those are tools that um, they're gonna be beneficial for the team member and long lasting for the rest of their career, but wise investments overall for all the reasons you just stated, but uh, most of all retention and growth within the company just magnifies when you supply them with the technology that's needed and you supply them with a little bit of training and guidance that's needed to get them off on the right foot. Talking about building excitement, um, you can get just so excited when you actually know what you're doing, believe it or not. Uh, It's not embarrassing for you because, you know, you have the answers to those questions. You feel like a professional and you know what you're doing. And that kind of energy seems to spiral out of control and get bigger and bigger and bigger that uh, employees and team members have fun with it. You know, once they're filled with that technology or that training and development, they're able to use it on customers and reap the benefits of it. The end result is that grocery basket of the customer at the front end going through the checkout gets bigger and bigger and bigger because of it. So. It's a uh, it's a great domino effect to be able to to go back to the roots of what we talked about easier and invest a little bit more in technology and or that training and development that uh, is critical 
to building our, 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 our team member base, but building those baskets going through the front register also, they all tie together. Oh yeah. Well, and to your point, I was thinking as you were saying that the times in probably the last six months, a year or a year that I've actually spoken to someone in a grocery store, right? Whether it was the guy at the, the seafood counter or it was a produce clerk, I think I've always bought whatever the thing was and maybe more than I was originally going to buy, right? Because it's just because you feel like, oh, well, you know, the, the barrier is gone, right? Any question I have is answered. Like I'm getting this, this item vouched for and endorsed just merely by the presence of someone there to talk to me about it. You know, well, we have to think about it too. And remember that, you know, three years ago, we were able to uh, uh, cut up those sumo tangerines and put them out there for samples oh. and let all the customers try them and get excited about them and, and, and uh, firsthand see the great taste of the sumo tangerine. Right now, many retailers still aren't doing sampling, you know, because of obvious food safety reasons. So what better way to tell that sumo story than to have a team member that's excited about it, knowledgeable about it, and has that level of confidence to get out there and talk with customers and sell, 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 sell. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, and I, I, and I know we could talk about this forever, but one, one last thing maybe on this is I was thinking about, you know, in terms of the, the training and development and investing and, and taking care of those people and, and giving them resources and all those kind of things. I'm imagining that because of the scale, that's probably an area where your regionals, your smaller independents could really, really differentiate themselves because Um, you know, if they're not publicly traded, it's a different level, you know, you have a different level of um, autonomy, maybe, in how you spend that money, how things are run, versus if you're, you know, Walmart or Kroger, or some of these where you've got your quarterly earnings reports, and this is the expectation, and if not, some executive is getting the boot, you know, it's like, that's, because we're always talking about, you know, of course, how do you stay competitive if you're not the low price leader, and this is one of the ways to, to do that, I think. Oh, it definitely is, without a doubt. It is. Um, to be uh, not a corporate giant is a blessing in a lot of cases. You're able to uh, have that freedom and autonomy that you spoke about to make fast and quick decisions. And some of those decisions aren't like turning the Titanic, where it takes months and years to be able to do. When you are that smaller, more nimble company or organization, um, you can spend on a dime. You can make some really fast, fun, and exciting decisions almost instantaneously. And then most of all, reap the results, see the benefits as they start to happen right away and continue moving forward. You don't have to go through any year's worth of, of intercompany bureaucracy. You don't have to go through any major lengthy test periods for, for doing that. You can set your own speed and adjust it to the needs of of your business. And that is the beauty of being an independent or a smaller organization. You have that freedom and autonomy, um, but it is a blessing. And it is definitely something that is um, leverage in your favor against some of the corporate giants of the world that are in retail right now. My thought is the corporate giants have have plenty of things that are in their favor. So if you spot something that could be a differentiator, you know, go ahead and go ahead and bite the bullet, spend that money. That's that's what I'm thinking. Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, Scott, anything that we have missed that you wanted to talk about? Anything I should should have asked about that I didn't? No, but we, we talked a lot about the excitement and how to inject that into the stores and keep it going from a bunch of different levels. And we talked about even some of the basic um, ideas of excitement for merchandising that don't uh, cost a lot of capital expense. Um, one other thing I, I did want to mention is keeping it fresh and relevant um, is actually pretty simple. And it's a matter of not only adjusting for the seasons as far as merchandising goes, but every single week making those important critical changes to the layout and the schematic of a department um, that are needed that help promotional items get off the ground and sell. Um, but those changes even to the secondary merchandising locations are so important. Those locations that are outside of the produce department and the importance of keeping them changed up and fresh um, are at super high level. And I say that because it's important for the customer entertainment value alone. Uh, a customer doesn't want to come in and see that same display of potatoes for the same six weeks straight every time that they've come in. Um, they need a little bit of excitement also. And what helps generate that is, you know, as I mentioned, not only moving and evolving with the seasons and what's new and exciting, but also, you know, following the, you know, the weekly promotional ad flyer and what's new in that. Um, following just some out of the normal merchandising that could happen in different locations of the store, but kind of keeping it ex exciting, keeping the team members on their toes, and most of all, giving the customer something a little bit different to bump into as they're, you know, pushing their cart through the first part of the store or whatever it might be. That helps keep things fresh. That definitely helps keep things exciting. And ultimately, I really truly believe that the customer benefits from that. Um, it's not a matter of moving items and hiding items or putting them in a different location, but it's a matter of, uh, you know, keeping things fresh enough for them and changed around enough for them that they can still navigate where the bananas are and they know where that's at, you know, but that sumo tangerine I keep bringing up, that's got, you know, one of the big monster secondary displays that's made because it happens to be on sale and it happens to be a, a peak of season item. So, you know, that should be an item that would be promoted in a different way or merchandised in a different way to, to do that. Um, being able to reap the benefits of the talent that you have within the organization. I know there's a lot of merchandisers and a lot of specialists out there that just have gobs and gobs of, of talent for merchandising and what they do. I see their pictures plastered all over social media and some of the great displays that they build. To be able to take examples like that and times two, times three, times 150 or how many stores you have, to be able to duplicate that in, in other stores within your organization and use some of that skill set and talent from a merchandiser or a specialist to put into other locations or other regions of your company is super important. I know there's also a lot of uh, a ton of talented produce managers out there that do a really great job merchandising. Um, those are the folks that need to help inspire and eject some fun and excitement into a lot of the new folks that haven't been around for many seasons or don't really understand what it's like to get behind a big promotion like those sumo tangerines. Those are folks that uh, can be used as examples within an organization to help provide some of that guidance that's needed to, as we keep saying, inject some fun and excitement into the department and keep it going 
um, without any expense, really, other than the communication it takes to spread the word and send pictures or, you know, links or whatever it takes to, to get that message across. And then last but not least, one of my favorites for kind of keeping it fresh and relevant, um, seeing what the competition is doing. You can't be proud. You got to get out there and you got to see all the great things that competitors are doing, because trust me, they are. And there's a lot of great ideas out there that are outside of your own organization. And they're being done and accomplished at the competitor right now. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being out in other stores and other companies and capturing some of those ideas and bringing some of those greatest hits back to your organization putting a little bit of, of spin on them, maybe adjusting and tweaking them a little bit, you know, for the benefit of your organization, um, but utilizing those ideas and concepts of other competitors to help propel your company to bigger and better levels. There's nothing wrong with stealing a great idea. If anything, that competitor should be flattered that you just borrowed that idea or took it from them because, um, you know, that's where it's at, being able to see what other folks are doing, what's working with customers and what's not working with customers, borrowing some of those ideas and then putting them to your good use at your organization. Awesome. Well, Scott, I think that's a, that's a great place to end it. Like I said, we, we could go on about this topic for quite some time and, and we, we have already, do, so I, I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Thank you again for a fantastic discussion. I think, I hope there's lots of uh, different takeaways for, for stuff in here, things that might be actionable for them in, in one area or another. So we'll wrap it up there for this week. And thank you so much again. Thanks, Ashley. And thanks all the folks out there for inspiring us for all the great conversation that we're having with wonderful display pictures and all the fun and exciting things that each and every one of you guys are doing at store level. Appreciate it. A huge thanks again to Scott for being willing to go so in-depth on such a big topic as creating excitement in the department. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did, and I hope you will also check out our archives for chats with other amazing produce people like Kevin Byers of PCC Community Markets, Mike Roberts with Harps Food Stores, longtime industry leaders like Steve Pat, Armin Lobato, Mike O'Brien, and many others. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week on the Produce Retail Podcast.